KTTV. 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 Is that right? What to do, KTTV? This is KT, and I'm coming at you live with another episode of the Daily K Podcast. And on today's episode, I have the owner, founder of the Content Creator Studio, and former educator, Coach Jen Liddy. How you doing Kendrick. today, Coach? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's eight thirty East Coast time, so I'm like, uh, you know, I've been waiting so excited for this all day, trying to stay awake for eight <laughs> thirty. And I'm talking about really on those days. I'm telling you, as I get older, that that time starts to creep back. It used to be I can give you a ten thirty. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, by seven thirty-eight, I'm really just trying to start shutting it down. Yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. Now, um. Before we jump into things tonight, uh, I always like to do just a wellness check, mm-hmm. um, you know, as it's been crazy out here. So how are you and how have you been doing during this pandemic? So God, do you realize we're coming up uh, almost going into our third calendar year starting? I mean, March is next month and it's just it's just amazing to me where we are. Um, I would say 2021 was a tough year energetically. We had COVID in our house. Uh, A lot of other things happened. And I feel like it took me like almost until December to get my energy back. And even January, 2022, like I'm just getting, getting back to being, I feel like who I, I am. Wow. So I know it's it. So I'm a highly extroverted person, and somehow mm. the pandemic, like I accidentally became an introvert, and so I'm like trying to feel to deal with how do I be an introvert when I used to be an extrovert. I'm just trying to get my energy back to where it used to be. Well, the the first part of it is recognizing that things have changed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now, um, but I, I do understand about that, um, and and I have some friends who are introverts, and so they was like, oh man, this is perfect, you know. <laughs> But 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 for the people who are those social beings, uh, as I talked to people, it was tough, you know, mm-hmm. just being able to manage that mentally. As I did a lot of wellness Wednesdays, that was one of the main struggles. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad you did make it to the other side. Me too. Um, man, it was real. <laughs> so now in education, and mm-hmm. we'll start there thinking about the precursor to the content creator studio. Yeah. Um. I have so many educators that are entrepreneurs. You know, I have some some that have taken the leap, decided to go full time. Thinking of that moment, what point made you decide to go with the business full time and how did that transition go? That's such a great question because I was really scared when you're an educator. So I'm in New York State. I'm in upstate New York. And in New York State, we have our retirement system. And there's this like you know, promise that at the end of the road, you're going to get your retirement if you just hang in there. And, but I got to the point where every kind of like every couple days, definitely every week I would be in the shower. I don't know why it always happened in the shower, but I'd be like washing my hair. And I'm like, I don't really want to, like, I can't do it today. I don't want to do it. And, or I don't want to come in tomorrow or whatever. And I would be thinking like that negotiating, that self-negotiating of, do I, do I make sub plans? Is it worth the the pain in the neck of making sub plans? Or do I just go in and do the job? And I just was, I realized how often I wasn't, I wasn't in love with it anymore. I felt really beaten down. I felt um, that I, I just felt like it, I wasn't having fun with it anymore. And I loved teaching. I, I really loved, I loved teenagers. I loved everything about it. And then I just got burned out and I was like, there has to be something else. And so it was just the days where I felt burned out outweighed the days 
where I felt really excited and energized by it. And the other thing that happened, no lie, was I, I looked around at my colleagues and they were miserable and they were saying things like, I only have 14 more years and I only have, you know, three and a half more years and 17 days. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. I don't want to be, I didn't want to be at the mercy yeah. of that golden, you know, the, um, the retirement that you were supposed to get. I'm with you. I, I am, um, you know, as you look to things and, and during that pandemic, a lot of people were able to just live out their dreams and kind of say, I want to mm -hmm. start that business. And so, um, you know, even this year I was faced with the decision of, um, okay, it's time to move time, time to do something, but then do you take that leap or, and so for me, it was, Man, I wasn't ready to leave the kids. Like, I, mm. and so I was at a crossroad then. Now, as you left and, and you said, okay, well, now it's time to go. Did you go through that too with like the students? Like, ah. Oh. Yeah, because my students would say things to me like, Mrs. Liddy, like, you taught me how to think. Like, yeah, how am I going to learn how to, how am I going to think next year if you're not here? Or, or my colleagues would say, um, I can't believe you're going. Like, what are you risking? Are you crazy? Like you're giving up your paycheck every two weeks. So you don't even know what you're walking into. And mm -hmm. the only, the only, the, the, the really positive thing that I had was I live with a man, my husband who understands entrepreneurship. And he was saying, you can do this. We can make this work. And I think because I had him in my ear, that was the one kind of beacon saying, you know, no, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And you can, you can take that leap. But it was really scary because as a teacher, you, I remember thinking this, like, I'm just a teacher. I'm only a teacher. Like there's nothing else I can do except teach. And now on the other side of that, I would say like teachers make incredible business owners. They're incredible entrepreneurs because they can problem solve. They meet people where they are. They can like, they can, they can make anything work. And, but at that point, I really didn't have the confidence that I could be a business person. I felt like an idiot all the time. Man, and that's, that's it. You know, you never think those skills transfer, but oh boy. You do. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. So jumping into the content creator studio, uh, as I look at the work, you know, it's, um, I want to say exclusively, but, but I will say the focus, the target are women, right? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I guess in talking about the studio, you know, give us a little bit of background on it and why did you choose to go women only? Uh, that's a great question. So I, when I, when I left teaching, I jumped into becoming a co-owner in a brick and mortar fitness studio. And that's where I really cut my teeth on what it was like to be a business owner. And my job there was communications operations. And that's where I, I basically had to learn marketing. And I was really afraid of marketing. And most people are, because when you're a teacher, you're like, you have to market yourself. You just like walk into your classroom every day and do your job. Um, and then when I left that brick and mortar fitness studio, I was pretty burned out. And I really wanted to help other business owners just stop making the same uh, mistakes that I made, but also realize like, if I can learn marketing and content, anyone could learn marketing and content. So I was like, how, how can I help people who want to learn how to do business and are, are what I, what I noticed, and this was from my, my fitness studio clients, mm -hmm. we had tons of entrepreneurs coming through and I was always at the front desk and they always had, and, and our, our um, demographic there was women. 
right? It was a fitness studio that was mostly used by women. So these are who I was talking to all day long. And all day long, I would hear women who were like, I've got to get this done. I've got to get this done. Or I have this idea and I can't make this happen. And I was like, Ooh, I am really good at making things happen. I'm not a huge idea person, but I can make things happen. So I kind of just started by working with my clients at the fitness studio and saying, Hey, you've got an idea. I'm really good at action. Let's work together. And we can like kind of put the rubber to the road and, and, and get some traction here. So it started out with women because that's who I was encountering every single day. And that's who I was talking to. And they would just share their problems with me. And I just like understood them very deeply, I think. So that's how it just morphed into a business where I mostly work with, with women entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, just finding their need and saying, okay, I can help. Right. Yeah. I'm just so happy yeah, yeah, to yeah. Women. That is it. So on the flyer, I put, Content, 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 because that is what we're talking about. <laughs> so is. starting with digital content, um, mm -hmm. I think about the world post lockdown with so many people who were entrepreneurs became to understand like that is like the television or that that is the commercial space on social media or making sure you're creating this content in, in all forms, you know. So when you coach your clients, what are some ways that you help them? Uh, to even begin to have that mindset of let me make sure I get so, such and such amount of content out each day. I love the way you asked that question because we come to content thinking we have to be a commercial. We come to content comparing ourselves to that. But what our content really needs to do in 2022, especially this isn't 2014 or even 2017, like people are smart and they're exhausted and they are, they don't want to be sold to anymore, but they do want to be connected with. So if we can stop thinking, the mindset shift is stop thinking of our content as a commercial and start thinking of it as a way to connect. Mm. That is the way in. And it doesn't look like, hey, I'm here, la, la, la. This is what I'm doing, like kind of flashing, like, um, you know, like a crazy Eddie kind of like, this is me, this mm -hmm. is me. It's really like, hey, I see you. I hear you. I feel you. I know what you're feeling. I know you're probably dealing with X and Y and Z. And this is how it's rippling effect through your life. And it doesn't have to be that way. And I actually could help you if you wanted some help. Here's like a free thing. Or it's all about developing a relationship but you have to connect like any real relationship in our lives. We have to connect in a way that feels good to us and to the other person. And that first shift of like, Oh, it's about connecting. And then the second shift is you get to do it in the way that feels good to you. So you don't have to co-opt somebody else's language or style or branding or whatever. And that, I was going to ask, um, what was that first step uh, with mindset? And then like you say, learning how to do it and what's good for you. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And I, and I have so many people who are always afraid of creating, what will they think or how would this look? And so they never do it. I know. But, yeah. I know. So, uh huh. So that, 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 that little inner critic that lives in our brain and says, you know, who are you? There's already, there's already a thousand yous out there. Like you, they're all doing it better. They're all, you know, you're at chapter one and they're at chapter 27 in their journey. And there's like every single day you could wake up and think, I don't want to put myself out there. And in fact, I was just having this conversation inside the studio with my, my clients the other day, because they were like, when do you stop feeling afraid? And you finally put yourself out there. 
And I said, I kind of have bad news. It's not that you stop feeling afraid. It's that you just become friends with the fear and you do it anyway. Like it's not about conquering the fear. It's about having courage, which means you do it anyway. Yeah. And there's all kinds of little things you can do to manage your inner critic. But mm -hmm. ultimately, there are going to be people who don't like what you have to say or how you look or how you sound. Um, and that is part of the price that we pay to be entrepreneurs and have the freedom that we want. Like the reason you get into entrepreneurship is because you want freedom and you want money and you want creative freedom. And yeah. But when I was in my classroom, I never had to market myself, but I didn't have any of those freedoms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and P.S. My kids not only my kids in my classroom didn't always like what I had to say either, right. but I kept showing up for that. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's all right. We go. We will be back tomorrow. Yes. That's right. it. So I'm thinking about uh, programs like Canva, Post on My Wall. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. How do entrepreneurs take advantage of websites like these to push their content out? Um, I guess without the time mm. that it takes to create it from scratch. It's a great, whether you're using words or visuals, like for Canva or the captions that you're going to use, a couple of things are really important. You give yourself permission to not reinvent the wheel every single day. Mm -hmm. So um, if you are using Canva for your visuals, what if you had a template and you plugged in the pieces that you wanted. You've got your brand colors, but you're not starting from scratch every single day. I had a client who would spend hours creating from scratch on Canva. And I'm like, "You, why are you doing that? She's like, because I don't want my audience to get bored. And I said, your audience only sees a fraction of what you put out there anyway. Believe me, they are not absorbing every single thing. And if they were, having your brand identity out there and have it be similar, it's it's a way of identifying you, right? Like, I'm sure, like, I'm looking at our podcast uh, right now. You've got your Daily K podcast at the top, your KTTEV down at the bottom. Like, this is how people know this is you, right, Kendrick? Like, mm -hmm. we don't need That's to reinvent it. this. So yeah. that is one of the permissions that I really like to give people is, first of all, make it easy on yourself. Don't worry that you're going to bore your audience. You're not. And give yourself permission when you're writing something, make it short. It does not, people don't have time or the capacity to absorb long, you know, captions or emails or whatever. They really, they really want a bite-sized nugget. Yeah. Get it in, get out of that. <laughs> get in hey, that's it. <laughs> awesome. Now, all of this uh, content, all of this work, all of these templates make no difference if you're targeting the wrong people. And, and so, hey, <laughs> so, singing my song. I'm telling you. Um, so entrepreneurs um, uh, can be helped with this. I, I think you got it in two ways: a free course, or you got mm -hmm. the uh, the consultation. Mm -hmm. And so, in thinking about that beginning piece, is there like some self reflection uh, mm -hmm. tips that you can give entrepreneurs to maybe ask themselves: Am I targeting the right people? Yeah. Um, I will say uh, about 95% of the people I meet who are really struggling with their content, their foundational problem is they're trying to speak to everybody. Uh, you know, I work with women in their 50s. That is a lot of people. Like, what what is it about these women in their 50s you're talking to, right? Like, so the best thing to do is talk to the potential exact right person that you like want to help solve their problem. I will tell you, this is a thing that people 
absolutely hate to do. You can call it anything. You can call it target market research, customer discovery, ideal client chats, interviews, whatever you want to call it. Basically, you want to have a conversation with those people who uh, are dealing with the problems that you want to solve. And you ask them questions. And then the miraculous thing is they actually tell you in their own words what their problems are. And it becomes content gold. The best example I have of this is when I left that fitness studio, I wanted to start right away. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to help uh, creative women uh, like avoid burnout and stop feeling so stressed out about their business. So I started doing these interviews. They never, ever, ever used the word burned out or stressed out. They used words like overwhelmed, frazzled, disorganized. So can you imagine if I tried to build my whole brand on being, I'm going to stop you from burnout. They'd be like, that's not my problem. I don't have, I don't have a burnout problem. No burnout. So, so the, the really some easy questions that you can, when you take the time to do these interviews, first of all, record them because you're going to want them word for word. Second of all, when people, when you ask the people the question, just let them answer, don't fix it for them. Because as educators and coaches and helpers, we like to solve a problem. But the third thing is just ask some really simple questions. What's frustrating you with fill in the blank of the thing you work on? Um, What types of solutions have you already tried? What worked? What didn't work? What kind of solution are you looking for? And then the most important question is, how would you like it to be? If you solved this problem, how would your life be better? That, That question right there is absolute gold. And then all of that just becomes what you talk about in your content. So, so with that, with that goal question, I'm gonna dig just a little bit deeper. Yeah. Can you give me an example of maybe an answer, and then how would you respond? Like, if that's not too much of the. What do you What do you mean? Like, let's say, for instance, they say uh, my life would be better by uh, more. Oh yeah. Such and such yes. or something. Okay. So I would say if you could get your business idea out of your head, or let me, let me just use what I'd use now. Like if you could create content consistently, how would your business be better? And they would, they could say something like, Oh, I'll be happier. Like, okay, but what does that mean? Um, it would mean I would make more money. Okay. Why would that make your life better? Um, cause then I might feel like my husband doesn't look at my business like a hobby and I don't feel like somebody's patting me on my head. Like, isn't that cute that she has a business that's like a hobby. Now I've got like juicy gold right now. I'm like, Oh, you want to get your content out in the world. So you feel like a real business person and not like a hobbyist where people actually respect you. <laughs> so it's just kind of like digging a little yeah, bit deeper yeah. every yeah. single time. Mm, what they call that in teaching getting the root analysis uh-huh. yeah just <laughs> getting to yeah. it the other thing is i remember when i was learning how to be a teacher in graduate school they taught you wait time like mm-hmm. tap your tap the side of your leg and just like ask the question and then tap 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 and wait for the answer man that's it oh, awesome so another part of this mm-hmm. is not, not reinventing the wheel is repurposing content right Look, I'm here. So now you got you got you get me. <laughs> so um and, and that was what I was going to say. Um when coaching clients to do that, um, how do you relate the importance of repurposing their content and what steps do they need to even begin that process? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I have to sometimes convince people to repurpose because especially in like a corporate setting or even in an educational setting, like you don't you don't repurpose your stuff from day to day because you're, you've constantly got a group of like 27 kids in front of you who are scrutinizing everything you're doing. Right. Like they you I remember I couldn't even wear an outfit twice because they would remember like, oh, Mrs. Liddy, you already wore that last week. Right. So. I would have to, I have to sometimes convince people that it's okay in marketing because it's such a noisy marketplace. Yeah. Uh, not everybody sees anything anyway. So I like to remind my clients, first of all, like one to 2% of our audience is seeing anything on socials organically. One to two. So that means if you even have a, 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 a hundred followers, one, per, one to 2% of those people are seeing it. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of doing them a favor to say it again in a different way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Take a little nugget out and like, like you, maybe you wrote a paragraph, but maybe there's one amazing sentence in that caption that you could Mm -hmm. repurpose again. People are scanning. They're not like reading deeply. Like we might fall in love with our own stuff, but nobody's reading our stuff that Mm -hmm. deeply. Right. Um, So that's the first thing that, first of all, it's like permission granted to Mm -hmm. repurpose in the first place. Then when you're thinking about the hows, it's really important to think about which platforms you want to be on. Like, what are your home bases? Where do you, you know, so for me, my home base that I create everything from is my podcast. And then I repurpose it in a lot of different places. I can turn it into a blog so that it gets I can drive people to my website. Um, I also turn it into an email that's much more intimate. So I like chop it way down for my email. Yeah. Uh, so I send that to my my um, audience every week, my list every week. Mm-hmm. And then I can also take some of those gems from the podcast and I can use them as audio, video, and written clips on different social media platforms. Amen. So it's, I just want to make sure everyone understands like repurposing does not mean splattering it everywhere. Mm-hmm. It kind of means being judicious about like, where do you want to be? Mm-hmm. And how do those people need to receive it? And yeah. how can you best, you know, just um, like we talked about before with the visuals on Canva and with the, you know, yeah. how can you just tighten it up? And make it consumable for people on the, mm-hmm. their chosen platforms. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Just getting it, getting it to the right place. Wow. And so now I recently um, started doing some work with some funnels, right? Um, mm. Set up my first funnel, repurposed some content. So I took um, um, pretty much my course uh, on podcasting and, and growing into profit um, to the uh, book. So now it's an ebook. So as we work through the funnel, you know, you hit the book, then you hit the course. Have you tried any of that uh, market and, and do you kind of coach clients that way? Yeah. So it, some people, some people, when they come to me, they're really uncomfortable with the idea of a funnel. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it sounds scarier and more complicated than it is, but basically it's like, where do people meet you the very first time? And how do you kind of move them through a journey or a relationship with you? That's all that a funnel is. Um, and when you when you can understand that it's not scary and you get to decide what your funnel looks like, then that's that gives so much empowerment to people. So maybe your funnel is like, OK, I have a three part meditation recording that I offer people on social media when they opt into it, they get on my email list and then they go through like a nice welcome sequence. And then I offer them a free yoga class at the end. But basically it's all about just earning people's trust as they move through this funnel or journey. Um, But different funnels work for different people. Like I don't have a book funnel, but that's what you've created for yourself. And that's, you know, like, isn't it so great that we all get to do, a different funnel based on what works for yes, us. Yes, what works for you. 
Man. Yeah. And, and I, I, I like you say, though, the, the beginning of the podcast, I, I remember starting 2019, no experience, no background on, on editing, marketing, anything, right? I had a microphone uh, in between me and one of my friends on his porch, and that was my first podcast. But, you know, I was coming from a triumph. I'm in a tragedy. And so now to be able to understand two years later, like the social media and just running all of these accounts and, and really just putting putting everything together and learning so many pieces, it is scary. But when I tell you the knowledge base that I have from just learning it is able to be sold like, you, like you're doing, you know, but um, man, just awesome. And so thinking about the free things like you're putting in that funnel. On your website, you're giving ton of things away for free uh, for entrepreneurs. So talk to us about some of those free resources and sure. which ones are some of the most popular. Yeah. So I, I want to say the first of all, your journey about like having an idea and a microphone and turning yeah. it into what you've turned it into today. Yes. What I love is like you're acknowledging that it was a journey because a lot of people online are saying, hey, buy my program and in six weeks you're going to be making six figures and i just feel like that is a huge lie perpetrated against entrepreneurs and it just like really enrages me mm -hmm. so on my website i have lots of options for people to get to know me because i'm a teacher so there's lots of different trainings on there um just things i wish i knew at the beginning that aren't behind a paywall you know you want to learn you want to learn how to do the uh interviews that you and i talked about those ideal client interviews there's a training there that you can find you know like there's there's everything but don't get overwhelmed with too, so what what entrepreneurs do tend to do is like they download too many freebies and then they have a freebie graveyard on their on their computer. So um, the, my most popular ones are that how to do how to get inside the mind of your audience, which is that how to do target market interviews. And the other most popular one is um, my content planner, my customized content planner that gives you a, it's a really customizable system, not like a plug and play, not a content calendar where you're like, I don't know why I'm doing this. It's a customized tool that you can create content in a way that works for you, for your specific audience. Those are my two most popular ones. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh, man. So, so much work. Yeah. But thinking about that, oh, man, content, content, content. Well, I always say uh, content is, it can feel like a dreadmill. Mm -hmm. It can feel like you're just got that carrot dangling in front of you and you're going nowhere. Um, but it really doesn't have to feel that hard if you kind of do all the things that we talked about today. Give yourself permission to be on the platforms that feel good to you, reuse things. And also, like, you don't one of the most important things I say to my clients is please don't fire hose your audience with everything you have to tell them about a topic. Mm -hmm. If you take one topic and you bust it down into four or five mini topics, that's four or five weeks that you that you are you've just four or five X'd your content right yeah. there. So it's those kind of tweaks to your content that make it feel less dreadmilly, I guess. Yeah. That's my yeah. goal. The dreadmill. I like the that. The dreadmill. Yeah. <laughs> so as we get ready to close this out, um for anybody who is afraid of making content or either um really second guessing, I guess, what tidbits yeah. of motivation and confidence can you give those listeners? Um I'm going to repeat something a client said to me yesterday because we, like I said, we were talking about this fear of showing up and I was talking about, you know, like I, there's a lot of things that even I am afraid to show up and say, because 
people. There's other bigger names who are doing what I'm doing. And Sherry said, Jen, can I unmute myself and just tell you that we were waiting for you in your special way. And you as a content creator have that out there waiting for you. Like people are waiting for you to say it in your very you kind of way, no matter what you look like, no matter how your hair looks tonight, no matter whether you put makeup on, whether you have 10 pounds to lose, whatever it is, like people need to hear it from you with your words and your flavor and your flair. And so there's somebody out there dying for what you've got, but everybody else who's got the same thing to offer, like it doesn't resonate with them. So I swear there's people waiting for you. Man, that's powerful coach. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. It's so great to have this conversation with you. Man, and so how can we find you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I am on the socials at Jen Liddy Coach. I'm a one-end Jen, so just J-E-N. Uh, but you can also go to my website and download that planner at jenliddy.com slash forward, I'm sorry, slash content planner. Uh, you can find everything on my website at jenliddy.com. This is a great question. Yeah. So, yeah. What if you have all of your content, but not sure where to place it? Uh, that is a great question, Sheila. And I get this question all the time because um, there are, there's two camps of people. I don't know what to say and I'm not doing it because I don't know what to say or I have all the things to say and I don't know where to put it. So my first question for Sheila is, first of all, where do you like to be? How do you like to present content? Like if you're a talker, podcasting is something that you should do. If you hate writing, why would you do a blog, right? Like, so we have to start with the places that feel good to us. If you are not somebody who like feels comfortable on TikTok, it's okay. Don't be on TikTok. So first of all, that's the permission you need to give to yourself. The second question is, where is your audience? You know, like my audience, I could probably find some customers on LinkedIn, but I hate LinkedIn because it feels super boring to me. I cannot find my, my mojo on LinkedIn. Um, so I just kind of ignore LinkedIn. But there's a nexus between where you love to be and where your audience is and start there and give yourself permission. Like, I don't have to be every place. I like just start on one platform and really find your audience there and speak their language and it's all about giving yourself permission to, to go deep instead of going wide. Especially yeah. at first, if you don't have a team. That's it. That is. I hope that's helpful. <sighs> yeah, that is. Sure. Thank, and, and Sheila, she, uh, she's so awesome. You know, she has her uh, podcast, uh, the CEO circle. So she, she works. So um, of course she got that good content. I was on that last week. So I know oh, nice. she got some good content. You know, I'd be happy to go on on her podcast and talk all about it with her if she wants to. <laughs> I ain't seen, there you go. So I will definitely uh, get that connected right there. So awesome. there that. we go. That's what it's about. That's all right. right. So give us the contact information one more time. Sure. www.jenliddy.com. You'll find everything right there at the homepage um, or on Instagram. I'm mostly on Instagram and Facebook at Jen Liddy Coach. All right. I think that will do it for us. I want to say thank you again for taking some time. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me and for being so open. And thank you for doing the work that you're doing on top of the work that you do all day long in the yeah. schools. Yeah. I it's amazing. It. It's, it's yeah. fun, Coach. I, I, like I say, you think about it, um, a lot of the times we work hard, but at the same time, it's for us too. Like we get our cup filled from that same work that we're doing yes. from the information, you know? So thank you. Thank you. All right. This is KT for KT TV signing out. 
100. This is Darnell Broadcast Houston. This is Dr. Tamara Beckford. Hey, this is Candace. This is London Underwood. This is Kirsten Bass with Inner City Greens, and you're watching. Y'all are now tuned in to KTTV. 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 KTTV.